Welcome to the second episode of House Wolves. I'm your host, Melissa Major. I wanted to take some time and introduce myself as your host. I'm the owner of BC West Coast Canine Services. We offer balance training to pet clients, and I also retail raw food called Longevity Raw Dog Food. My journey to get here has taken place over the last 20 years, and where I've started from and where I've gotten to has been quite the journey. I want to take some time today to share with you something that feels extremely vulnerable because it's my two biggest failures, but it's why I am where I am today and it's why I have been able to help so many people with their pet dogs. So back a little over 10 years ago, I lost my yellow lab to liver cancer. I was working at SPCA at the time, and I very much wanted to adopt another dog. Chance was a rescue, and I definitely wanted to rescue again. So I took some time and finally found a dog that seemed right for me. She was a hound lab mix, and her name was Daisy. I didn't know it at the time, but when I brought her home, I quickly learned she had severe separation anxiety and was very leash reactive towards dogs and also sometimes showed aggression to people. I consulted a behavioralist and worked very hard on training every single day. I was a huge believer of positive only training. So I was using a lot of food in my training. I was using a halty, so the equipment that goes around the dog's muzzle Those were very, very popular then. So if she showed aggression towards a dog, it was either waited out, and when she was behaved, give her a cookie, or just ignore it. What I didn't know at the time is by rewarding with food or just ignoring, I was really allowing that behavior to continue and rewarding her. And as a result, the behavior continued. She had severe separation anxiety. So when we were together, everything was wonderful. But if I would try and leave, she would pretty much destroy the house. She was not crate trained and she had severe anxiety being crated or being confined. So I did once again, try and work on that with very positive reinforcement training. And I'd leave her home for little bits at a time. I'd try and make the crate a very positive place. And we had some ups and downs. We had some weeks where we would progress and then we would have weeks where we would go drastically backwards. She was only three years old and she was a lovely companion. She was diagnosed with cancer at one stage and I had a tumor removed. She did very well after the surgery. It wasn't for a lack of love or time or commitment or money that I completely failed her. But it was because of my ignorance, I'm going to say, that there are other methods of training and other tools and equipment that would have benefited her more than simply positive only. I was a diehard SPCA volunteer and later employee. 
I was 100% a believer that positive only was the only way and that using balanced training and equipment like collars, prong collars, choke chains, e-collars were basically animal cruelty. I thought that they were wrong. I thought that they were horrific. I thought that to use those, you must be a pretty awful person. It was very extreme thinking. And it was because of those beliefs that I ultimately ended up failing Daisy. So I used to take her out a lot. I loved to hike. I was very, very active. She was a very active dog. Um, Eventually, she bit a couple of dogs. She also nipped a couple of people. The halty that I was using, she actually broke out of three of them and was loose, which put people and other dogs in danger. I tried everything that I knew how, and also with the help of positive trainers and positive-only behaviorists, but I got to the point where she was showing so much aggression towards people and animals that I didn't think it was safe to have her in the community. I didn't want to pass my problem on to somebody else, and I made the very difficult decision to euthanize her. She was three years old. This is one of my biggest regrets and something that I will deeply regret for the rest of my life. This is extremely difficult to talk about and difficult to share, but I think there's importance in sharing this because my lesson learned will definitely save future dogs. I have many clients now that have thought and been told that their only option is euthanasia. And taking them on the journey of balanced training and helping them solve and fix those behavioral problems has been one of the most rewarding things. So after I put down Daisy... I, again, did eventually want to have another dog. I was a little bit scared to go down the rescue road again. And with the help of a friend, I was directed towards a breeder of German Shepherds. And that is when I brought Jax home. Jax was seven weeks old. And to be honest, I didn't do any research and I knew nothing about German Shepherds. Jax was from Working Lines. He had a German father, and his mom was from Czech. He was a beautiful puppy. He was incredibly intelligent. And the first couple months were wonderful. It was socializing him and getting him out and about. And I never really had any issues. He house trained right away. He crate trained right away. And I was using all of my positive-only tools and knowledge, as you would with a young puppy, Once Jax got to be about seven months old, he started showing aggression towards people, towards both adults and children, and also aggression towards dogs when he was on leash. The aggression towards people was on leash, off leash, didn't matter. It started to escalate and escalate, and it became quite scary. 
Um, so I was trying to use the same tools as before, either ignore the dog or just wait it out. And when he looks at you, offer him a cookie. And again, all I was doing was rewarding that behavior and letting him know that it's okay to continue to do that. Well, eventually I had my parents over one day and I had my cookie. There was a lot of handler error in this and I was getting Jax to sit and I wanted my dad to offer him a cookie and he was showing aggression towards my dad and I didn't do anything. And I instructed my dad to still come forward and offer him the cookie and Jax bit my dad in the face. It was terrible and it was just an awful, I don't know what to say. It was just, it was awful. It was an awful experience. For the people who have been there, I, I feel how awful it is to have your dog bite a stranger, to have your dog bite your neighbor, to have your dog bite somebody in your own family is a terrible, terrible feeling. So there was a lot of, a lot of thinking that went on after that. And I knew I had one of two decisions. I didn't think there was something wrong with my dog, but I did think there was something wrong with my handling. And in order for him to be successful, I either needed to place him in a home where we, he would have proper direction and training and handling, or I had to learn how to become the handler that he needed. And I wasn't one for giving up much, so I decided that I would learn how to be a handler of this German Shepherd puppy. And when he turned a year old, I marked that commitment by going and getting his name tattooed on the inside of my wrist. And what that meant was I was not going to give up no matter how, how difficult or challenging it was. Something else I want to add is when Jack started showing aggression towards people, the positive only trainer that I was working with thought that Jax was aggressive and again brought up the word euthanasia. This is my biggest problem with positive only training is sure, you know what? Positive only training might work for certain dogs, but there's a lot of dogs where it doesn't work. And then we always put the blame on the dog. Well, it's a bad dog. Well, the dog should be euthanized. Well, the dog is dangerous. Instead of thinking outside the box and thinking maybe balanced training would work well with this dog. Maybe we need to use some other methods, some other equipment. It's so upsetting to see clients who have been through the positive training and then are told there's something wrong with their dog. I've had clients with puppies as young as six months told that there's something wrong with their dog because it is not responding the way they think it should with the positive only training. And when I get dogs like that, there's usually nothing wrong with the dog at all. The dog just needs more direction, more leadership from the handler. I enjoy taking on clients who have been doing positive only training and want to make the leap to balance training because I relate with them. I often tell them I was you. I was a dreadful handler. There was a point where 
I couldn't even walk Jacks down the hallway of our condominium building because he was so reactive on leash that he'd be lunging and jumping and barking at dogs. I was dreadful. I was the absolute worst. But the difference is, is I stepped back and I thought, what I'm doing isn't working. How could all of these dogs be failing? How could all of these dogs that I saw get euthanized when I was at the SPCA be failing? Are there really that many dangerous dogs? Are there really that many bad dogs? Or are there just that many bad handlers? What are we doing wrong? And Jax took me down that journey to learn what we are doing wrong. You need to teach a dog right from wrong. And you need to have the right tools in order to do that. The first time that I used a prong collar on Jax, I will never forget. It was the most difficult training day I had with that dog. I was in a group full of people. And trust me, I had thought about this days before this, weeks before this. I had a prong collar at home. I put it on my own wrist. I put it against my own skin. I wanted to know what it was going to feel like. Was it going to hurt him? Was I going to hurt my dog? All I had ever seen was photos and images of these collars being cruel, of the photo with a whole bunch of little puncture wounds and blood coming down the dog's neck. I just, it was ingrained in me that it was cruel and they shouldn't exist. So for me to wrap my head around using a prong collar on my little baby German Shepherd that I raised from seven weeks old was a huge hurdle for me. The very first time I used it, I was in a class setting. I bawled my eyes out. I was literally crying in a room full of people because this was so difficult for me. But I loved that dog so much, and I thought, maybe I owe it to my dog to do something outside of my own comfort zone so that he can be successful. And when I started using that collar and giving him instruction of sit, a command that he knew, because we had done it with food, we had done it lots of repetition, we have worked very hard on sit. And when I told him the word sit and he completely ignored me and I gave him a correction with the prong collar on, he started to take notice of me. Who's this girl at the other end of the leash? Maybe I should actually listen to her. And over time, he actually started to respect me. We actually started to form a better bond. He was actually starting to look to me for direction. And that was huge. And once you start having success with balanced training, then sky's the limit. I worked on jacks for years, and we ended up in 2004 validating through JIBC to be a security dog and patrol dog. So I was training jacks in obedience, protection, and tracking. And we worked for a local security company for one year. Believe it or not, my obedience was actually still quite poor, but I'd come a long way from where I'm started. And it wasn't until I started to get into competitive obedience that it really started to make a difference. I got into Canadian Kennel Club obedience competitions, and Jax earned his companion dog title, and eventually one leg of his CDX title. 
We were unable to finish it due to age and COVID, but we had come a very, very long way. And I can tell you, Jax is a confident dog. He is a well-behaved dog. And he is a dog that I can take absolutely anywhere with me. I have traveled with him. I've taken him into the Okanagan, where you can take him into restaurants or breweries. I can take him to the park. I can have him off-leash or on-leash. Because of that dog's training and his respect for me, He has so much more freedom because he can go anywhere. I have a command now that when I take my shepherds off leash, if I see another dog or I see another person coming, I tell them to down. And then when my dog's down, everything calms down. And usually the way the other dog reacts to my dog calms down. I can then call them to here. I can put them on leash. I can do whatever I need to do so that everything is safe. But my dogs listen, and because of that, I'm protecting them from dangers out there. To me, when you train your dog, you're protecting them. You're protecting them from getting into a dog fight, from biting somebody and being deemed aggressive, from getting hit by a car, from getting lost. And building their confidence just makes for a happier dog and a happier life. So my training company, BC West Coast Canine Services, specializes in pet training, and we do two different things. We do help clients with young dogs or dogs without issues build a solid foundation, and then we also do what my passion is, is working with dogs with very severe behavioral problems. So dogs that might have a bite history, other showing extreme aggression, whether it's fear or something else. Uh, leash reactivity, not coming when called, all sorts of behavioral issues. I love working with those clients and I love working with those dogs and then seeing the success, seeing my clients being able to take those dogs out in the community and enjoy having them with them instead of the dog sitting at home while the family goes out for a walk because they can't even take it out in public. A lot of people don't want to have the leash on the dog all the time. But having the leash on all the time in the beginning gives the dog the foundation to eventually have the freedom to be off leash, but still listen and still be attentive and still recognize you as the leader. I'm going to wrap it up and I'm going to leave it here, but I'm happy that I could share my journey with you and I'm happy that I could share my two biggest failures with you. And I hope that There's a dog out there and a handler out there that will benefit from hearing this and maybe think outside the box and maybe think they could do something differently. I'm also not saying that positive-only training is bad. It's that positive-only training on its own can fail some dogs. And I think it's wrong to continuously blame the dog because we're afraid to use these other methods because it doesn't make us feel warm and fuzzy to use these other methods. When I was practicing positive-only training, I think I was very ignorant in thinking that that was the only way. And it really opened my eyes to have gone through those failures to get me to the point where now I have so many tools in my toolkit and I can help so many more dogs. So I want to thank you for your time and I look forward to some other podcasts we have coming up with some great guests 
Thank you again for listening. It's Melissa Major, host of Housewolves.